All right, podcast folks, welcome to this week's rerun edition, Encore edition. This one was suggested by a listener. It is one of my most popular interviews, and notorious is sort of the right word to use here, because the guest is very close to going off the rails. He says some really weird things, had to be bleeped at one point. Uh, you can. It's the great Emmett Rose, just an amazingly talented guy, interesting guy, uh, just a strange career started when he was so young, obviously so full of talent, and uh, and then you know just it just didn't work mentally. Uh, I don't I don't know. In in this interview, it's uh, five years old, and he talks about he's working on a new record should be out. I think he says within a year or so, and that record's still not out. Although there is on the internet some evidence of him playing out in public appearances more and some evidence of him working on the record there's pictures and videos and stuff but still no record but i'll bet it i'll bet there will be something some new recordings from emmett road soon super talented guy he also does something in this interview which i always love which is he actually picks up a guitar and demonstrates something even though he's talking on the phone so this is obviously taped ahead of time uh i called him one saturday afternoon he doesn't pick up the phone, and uh, slowly he, he eventually picks up the phone and, and he gets into it. And it's a really, it's an amazing story and a really interesting, talented guy. And uh, I hope you enjoy this one. If you've got a suggestion for somebody who want me to encore an older podcast, uh, drop me an email, Michael S at WFMU.org. This one is really, it's at some points, tough to listen to almost, but... Uh, Super interesting story. Uh, I hope you enjoy this uh, and uh, listen to some Emmett Rhodes music because the music is just fantastic. That, that's something everybody agrees with. Okay, here it is, Emmett Rhodes. Hello, please leave a message after the tone. Hey, it's Michael Shelley from WFMU for Emmett Rhodes. Uh, I will try back in a couple minutes, I guess. Hello? Emmett, is that you? Yes, it is. Hey, good morning. How are you? This is Michael, right? That's right. I'm uh, I'm waking up. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Well, I appreciate you waking up early for us this morning. Well, it's uh, not that early. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got. But it is, does require waking up, so there you go. That's always a good first step. Yeah. For a day. Uh, well, let's start at the beginning. Born in uh, 1950, Decatur, Illinois, right, sort of in the meat of the baby boom, and your your family moved to, I think, Hawthorne, California. I, I, I think I am the baby boom. <laughs> <laughs> you were five when you moved to Hawthorne. Do you remember sort yeah. of a culture shock from? Uh, uh, I remember kind of, uh, you know, in the car, uh, let me see, Eisenhower was president. I remember the radio was on. And uh, so you moved to California. It's 1955. What's, you know, what are your first impressions of music? What, what's, what's in your house? What are your parents None listening was, to? Well, you know, my mother ran around singing. You know, the reason I'm a songwriter is my mother's fault. <laughs> I blame her. Well, that's good. Well, she was a musical person in a, in a serious way or just in a very casual way? Well, at home it was in a casual way. But when she was younger, she went out and performed with her with her mother and stepfather. And, and so what did your folks do in Hawthorne? What was the family business? Uh, well, there wasn't really a business. My father was a welder. He worked for, uh, you know, the aerospace for a while. Mm -hmm. But when he died, he was a, a welder. And uh, and my mother, uh, well, my mother was a stay-at-home mom. And did you have brothers and sisters? 
Uh, well, I have half sisters, and that's about what I got. Okay. And so, growing up, at what point did someone did you take music lessons, or, or how did that work? I took drum lessons. So when you were a little kid in uh, grade that school? Was, well, yeah, it was grade school. I learned how to beat on a bench. <laughs> and so you were playing in the band concerts? And, and no, I played my snare drum at uh, whatever that, uh, you know, the parent teacher, well, when they had a, whatever they do in grade school, when they get people up on stage and... I played my snare drum. It was really loud, so people knew when I started, <laughs> and they knew when I stopped. <laughs> so they knew when to applaud. And by the time you're in high school, you're you're already in bands. What? When did you join your first band? When did that happen? Well, I kind of made my first band, is what I did. I, I had a friend who didn't know how to play, and I I knew how to play drums, but uh, wasn't much of a guitar player. And we kind of learned how to play guitar together and sing Beatles songs. Yeah, I guess that was. The thing to do uh, right around there. Well, it certainly seemed like it. Yeah. Uh, You're you're also a contemporary of the Beach Boys. They were in Hawthorne. There must be some that are exactly your age or would would have been. No, they were all older than me. Were they all older? uh, I I went to Dennis, who was the the drummer. He was like a, I guess he was a a senior when I was a freshman, that kind of thing. That makes sense. So you didn't really cross too many paths with the Beach Boys. Uh, yeah, I, I, I ran into them at the you know, at the high, high school dance, and you know, you know, they broke my drum pedal or my drum head or something like that. I loaned them my drums for. So you guys shared a drum kit once, and they broke well, it. Well, he shared my drum kit, and he broke it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, he was kind of like I don't a, know if it's that funny. I wasn't at the time <laughs> when you were fifteen. Yeah, he did play in that sort of very King Kong way, you know, Dennis. He was a horrid drummer. I mean, he just hit. I mean, he played backwards, and uh, yeah, he was a horrid drummer. Yeah, uh, interesting guy, certainly. Uh, well, he was a kind of a wild guy, from what I understand. I didn't really know him that well, but he was a, but he played backwards. I thought that was odd. I mean, he was a lefty who was playing righty? He set the tree. Yeah, it was kind of, I, I don't really recall now. I mean, I remember that he had to move the whole set around and and he hit the hi-hat on the other side or something. I mean, it was, uh, he had his own, his unique way of playing. Yeah. Uh, so you're in a band. Don't expect me to say anything good about him. Uh, please, do, please don't. <laughs> he, he owes me a drum pedal. <laughs> yeah, but good luck getting collecting on that. Yeah, uh, yeah ain't going to happen. Your, your band is called the Emeralds, and uh, you're 15 or so at this time, and you turn into uh, a band called the Palace Guard, right? Yeah, and I'm a drummer. And you're still the drummer at this point. I'm a drummer. Uh, were you already thinking at age 15, I'm going to be a musician for life, or were you thinking I'll be a doctor or something, and this is just to get oh, girls? I wish or? I had thought I'd be a research scientist. But no, I liked music. You were are, you are already, and were your folks okay with that? Or did people think that was crazy? Well, my mother understood it better than she did physics. Or did physics, so... Sure, it was in the blood, sort of. Yeah, whatever. It was, I, I don't know. I think I was fulfilling her desires. Uh, there's a song called um, Falling Sugar, 1966, and it's on uh, the, one of the Nuggets compilations, so it's sort of... Yeah. It's, it's out there. It's kind of a very... I think it's a gay record, but I'm not real sure. A gay record? <laughs> a homosexual record? Well, you never know. No, you never know. Uh, I mean, t- tell me about, like... Er- no, there's something weird about that song. It was never one of my favorites. Uh, okay. Uh, but the- it, was, it was, you know, it, uh, that and All Night Long, you know. There was a couple of songs that the Palace Guard did that 
we always did. I mean, it was the in the mid '60s, and you know, in the wake of the Beatles, I think record companies were finally in America waking up and thinking, "Yay, this rock and roll thing might be around for a while." You know, when Elvis came, there was some, you know, some of the biggest record companies in the world would still wouldn't take on a rock and roll band that they were afraid it was some sort of a fad or they would offend you know that's just business in general you're for you know who wants to invest in gold it might go down <laughs> yeah so how did uh, you how did that early band at 15 how did you guys sort of get into the 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 recording business and and start me and start doing recordings oh uh <clears throat> well the the uh, Bowdoin brothers had a father who... Uh, there were three brothers in this band. There were three brothers, and uh, it was like a family band, and I was the drummer, and, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> there was... Well, it, it, you know, they got, uh, they got uh, a, a, a company called Orange Empire to, uh, to sponsor them and to produce these records that they, they did, and, and I, 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 boy, it's a horrid story. You know, you know, I think, you know, the Vaudouins gave, you know, gave their youngest son to the, a gay man who owned the company. The guy should, you know, I mean, it was like, uh, it was, uh, it was uh, pedophilia. I should have said something, but I was like 14, and, and he was 14, and I, and I, um, Boy, I feel horrid now. You mean really the one of the brothers had to sleep with somebody to get the record deal? Pretty much. Wow. That's... Yeah, that's, you know, it, it, it's a real life sucks, buddy. <laughs> yeah. It really does. Well, the record... It's like the, the truth of the matter. You know, people do things for... Uh, I, I think it's all hormonal. I think, you know, we're just a bunch of insane animals, and we're going through life trying to gratify ourselves. Well... I'm not sure life sucks, but the music business. Okay, you know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're less depressed than me. <laughs> yeah. My life's pretty good, right? At the there you go. Concert. When it's good, go for it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in this band, the Palace Guard. You also did some songs backing or with Don Grady, the one of the actors on My Three Sons. Right? Yeah, he was a nice guy. He seemed like a nice guy, and he, uh, so he's still doing music to this day. I, I, I ran across him. He gave me a copy of uh, you know a CD or something that he was doing. Yeah. All right. Uh, and you guys were on TV and stuff like that. You end up getting a job as the house band at a uh, pretty hot Hollywood club called the Hullabaloo. You're still the drummer at this point. Uh, house band means how many nights, how many hours? Oh, God. I don't, it was like all, it was, you know, all during the week. And I worked all week. Five or six nights a week you'd play for how many oh, hours? Oh, well, it was uh, it was uh, two or three shows a night, depending on what night it was, I guess. And playing covers of the day, were you throwing some originals in there? Uh, well, the the the, the Baudouin, I mean, the Baudouin said a song called All Night Long. Uh, I was still a drummer at that time. I was just learning how to play guitar. And, I mean, it's sort of... Or shortly did thereafter. It seems like a sort of a great education to to be the house band and, and to sort of, you know, make your mistakes, uh, in, you know, or get your chops up. Was it a... Well, I was a drummer. Nobody knows when you f*** up. <laughs> So, you just hit things. So, you know, that's what a drummer does. They just hit uh, stuff. Yeah. So being the house band, that wasn't a, a, a step in the progression of Emmett Rhodes? Oh, it was great. It was great. There I was. I was in Hollywood. Uh, you know, and yeah, it was a great club. And the, the stage revolved. And, uh, you know, so as one uh, band was rolled off, a new <laughs> band was rolled on or spun on. And were there touring headliners coming through there at the same time? Oh, yeah. Sure. Everybody came through there. Like, who'd you get to see? Everybody. 
<laughs> like the Rolling Stones? Uh, uh, well, no, I, I, the Stones didn't do that. But there was yeah, loving spoonful. Uh, I can see in a Turner, and you know, when there wasn't, I can see in a Turner, and uh, you know. That sounds fantastic for a music fan as Cher well. and Sonny. <laughs> you know, it was everybody. The Birds. Uh, it was uh, Buffalo Springs. It was everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Except, you know, the Beatles didn't do it because they were too rich. And, the, you know, I guess the Stones were, wasn't big enough for the yeah. Stones. It sort of sounds like the center of the universe in some ways. In Hollywood, it pretty much was at the time, I think. Yeah. Uh, so you, you end up realizing, boy, being back here behind the drums sucks. I should be out in front. I started writing songs. Uh, That's what I started so how doing. Did, how did yeah, the, how and, and absolutely, yeah. It's being behind the, drumming is, uh, you can do, you know, you just hit things. <laughs> so you taught all the guys up front got the you know all the attention. You taught yourself to play the guitar and and shortly after writing songs. Well, I just started I just started writing songs. I was I didn't know how to play the guitar. I didn't know how to tune the guitar. Very first song I wrote to the guitar, you know, I mean, it's just kind of like uh, um, well, it was kind of in tune, except I'd have no idea how it was tuned. Oh, that's amazing. So you know, I just started strumming, sounding good. So I wrote something on top of that because I can do that. I can just come out with a melody or a, well, when you a line. F- you say that now and you seem pretty nonchalant about it, but when you first did it, you were still a teenager. I mean, that first time the guitar wasn't in tune, was it a revelation to you? Hey, I can write these songs it too. It was fun. It was just fun. I just enjoyed it. Yeah. And in, how long to write a song in, in those very early days? Well, it's instantaneous. <laughs> so a three-minute song? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, it's, after a while, you, I got serious. So then, of course, you know, you have to think about the chords and all that mm. kind of stuff. You want to make sure that what you're saying is pertinent to what your what your chorus says. And so, you know, there's a whole bunch of things. You count syllables and uh, mm. all that stuff. So you quit the you, you, you quit the palace guard and you form the merry go round. You switch from the drums to the guitar. Uh, the the I believe. And then I got to come out front. You got to come out front and be the and start singing all the, the time because I sang one song in the in the palace guard. They give you a spot like the they g- let me come out front. You know, and it was a hullabaloo and it had like a runway and yeah. you get to walk out on the runway and it was like uh, nonsense, complete nonsense. <laughs> I always like when they, they give this when the drummer gets to come down and sing one. I always find there that. you go. And I got to sing Michelle, wonderful song. Oh, so you sing that every night for a couple of years? Well, I'm not certain that they let me do it every night. <laughs> well, that's pretty funny. You probably never want to hear that song again. Uh, no, no, no. It's a, it's a, still a wonderful song. Yeah. Uh, so the, I don't want to sing it, but <laughs> the uh, the membership of the Merry Go Round changes around. Uh, finally, it cements Joel Larson, who ends up being in a bunch of great bands, and I think he's playing with you. Even today, yeah, right. We, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm written some songs and, uh, and um, in the process of recording them. Yeah, and Joe's helping out. I want to get to that. Uh, so it's 1967, I think, when the merry-go-round comes together. You're still 17, 18 years old at this point, uh, and you and you just start making some demos. Is that, is that? Uh, well, we rehearsed a lot. I had a bunch of songs and. Uh, and then uh, we 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 went into the studio for A and M, and we recorded of uh, a record, the whole album. And how it was basically, you know, one or two passes, and we picked the best pass, and then sang the vocals over the top of it, and that was that. How did the hookup come with M and A and M, not M and M? Well, it was the uh, the uh, let me see the uh, the son of uh, who became 
of the, another family, the Shaw family, and uh, he was a uh, gay, and uh, you know he wanted to uh, butt me, and uh, but I didn't know that I was like so young and uh, naive, and I uh, can I tell you I don't know that stuff, and and I just kind of believe people. They tell me you know like you're a radio personality, okay? I don't know. You call me, I don't know where, I don't know who you are. Nonetheless, anyway, I believe people, and. Uh, Whatever it was, uh, it's a horror story. What do you want? It's a f- horror story. <laughs> so, so, well, let me. Uh, yeah. So this guy, uh, you know, I, I'm just, I'm like so, I'm so naive. <laughs> I don't know what's going on until way later in life. So you're a 17 year old, and uh, you've got this. Ma- I liked girls. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it was a hard thing. But so you've got, you've got this it's manager. It's popular now, but you know, back then, you people were, were kind of ashamed of being gay. Uh, but, but there were a lot of homosexuals in the music business, and one of them was well, your then, manager. Well, there's just a lot of homosexuals, don't you? Yeah, there's about 10. I, guess, I think yeah. football's homosexual. I think a bunch of guys running around in these here, you know, spandex things and jumping on one another, slapping each other on the bottom. It's, you know, there's something weird about it to me. I'm not a fan. Uh, see, I'm not either. I'm like a, not a sports pro. I'm like a science person. I like cosmology. What? What mology? Cosmology. Oh, the the, yeah. the cosmos. The cosmos, that's it. There you go. Uh, so this guy be- somehow uh, becomes your manager and gets you... Well, on- he does. He kinda, he, he's working for uh, his, uh, Russell Shaw. He's working for uh, A&M. He's working in the mailroom, so he knows everybody. And uh, and uh, he becomes kind of like our manager. Uh, now, let's discuss the sound of the merry-go-round. It's 1967, and it sort of incorporates... There's so much good music. I mean, it's an explosion of good music in the UK, in, in Hollywood, in the United States. And this is like, you know... People are writing songs. Yeah, these are great songs, really melodic, but, you know, uh, kind of... It's just a... It seems to be perfectly in time with what's happening, the merry-go-round, you know? It could be, because I was there. <laughs> I'm still... I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I may not be in time with what's going on. I don't own a cell phone. Yeah, me neither. And I probably never will. But uh, maybe I'll do, you know, like I'll get one that you've prepaid or something that nobody can call me on. Just in <laughs> case I need one, because I've seen that. It's, I don't have one it's, either, Emmett, and I hope, there I, you go. hope I never get one. Well, I, you know, when I was a little boy riding around Hawthorne in my, uh, on my bicycle, I was in this liquor store, and uh, there was this woman out front walking down the street talking into her hand. <laughs> She was ahead of the curve, I guess. Well, boy, was she. She was schizophrenic. <laughs> now everybody is. <laughs> she was ahead of the curve on schizophrenia. Yep. So when you yep. were you made those those early records, those merry-go-round records for A&M, did you sit in the studio listening to, to them and think, this is good, this is something good, this is something that stacks up against my favorite records? Uh, no, I just kept hoping it was good enough. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, the things I do now, I think are good. <laughs> so, <laughs> because I know better. You, Back then, I was just guessing. Were you unsatisfied with them, or you just didn't well, know? I'm always unsatisfied. Yeah. It's you know, I mean, you keep doing it until you give up. The song "Live" and the song "You're a Very Lovely Woman" were both, you know, pretty good hits, and certainly air, uh, turntable hits in in certain parts of the country. And uh, 
those records are, I think they're all still they do they they're all out available there uh, there's a merry go round well, they've been reissued a number of times yeah a number of times and they're great records i've often thought that if the merry go round had stayed together and had a chance to sort of hone its thing a little bit more it would have made some some a it lot of hit high record. school bands are like people are you, know, you have to deal with people yeah it's scary <laughs> We're insane animals, and, you know, every once in a while, the insanity just pops right out. Oh, don't you think, though, it doesn't help that you were 16 or 17 at that time? You were, you know, you were still a kid. Oh, yeah, I was uh, completely naive. <laughs> I mean, do you ever look back? It helps, and, it helps, believe me. Do you ever look back and say, you know, I wish uh, me and the members of the merry-go-round could have kept our, you know, kept it together on a personal level? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. Uh, so I, I, you know, for after that, I, I, you know, I bought a tape machine and I went into, you know, the shed behind my parents' garage and I made a record on my own. Yeah. And I would, I had even more fun. So. I, yeah, you did. I guess you don't have to vote on uh, let the drummer have a vote. You know. Well, I am the drummer. Yeah. <laughs> you um, go. And it's like you know when I when I try to outdo myself, you know, it's like when you know the, the guitar player always plays more than everybody else. And, <laughs> Everybody's trying to outdo each other. Well, it's like when you're doing everything, you don't, you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, so the merry-go-round's over, and you, like you said, you bought, bought some equipment, went into the shed behind your parents' house, and just started to make some records. I think first you had to make uh, a record, which ended up being called the American Dream, to, oh. f- to fulfill the merry-go-round contract for A and M. So you deliver that to A and M, and they say we're just going to put this on the shelf, and, and then you start another record which ends up becoming the Emmett Rhodes record, your first solo right. album, and comes out on ABC Dunhill, right? Yeah. Now, let's talk recording contract. Uh, it's just such a big part of your legacy. What happened? You know, did you have... I was sold. I was like property, and I was sold. I was told what to do. Russell Shaw's father, Eddie Shaw, was my publisher at the time, and... Uh, and he told me to sign the deal, and I signed the deal, and I knew it was wrong because it took me nine months to make the record I, that I had done to, to get the deal, and uh, and they wanted me to make a record every six months. Yeah, that was a, a clause in the contract was... Emmett yeah, Rose. I looked at him and I said, Eddie, this is like, this is bad. This is wrong. I can't do this. I can't fulfill. Well, and, he, and he says, eh, sign it. Uh, we'll worry about it later. And was that a normal thing to make a record every six months? <laughs> well, for Eddie, it was. I guess I mean, I... he worked for like Sinatra. And, you know, Sinatra went out and got, uh, you know, had people looking for songs. Yeah. And, you know, and he, he just sang them. And I guess on. bands like Gary Lewis and the Playboys, they could easily churn out a record of covers, you know, recorded in a couple of days, you know, and uh, maybe, is that what they were thinking you you were going to... Well, I was, like, doing it all myself, and it it, it takes all, quite a while, because sometimes you do it, and then you don't like it, and you have to do it again. Yeah. So when you're making, uh, for instance, your first record, did you work on it every single day, or, or how did it, what was oh, the process? Oh, yeah, I'm pretty, um, well, uh, yeah, I get consumed. Hmm. Sort of like an addiction. Well, I'm. I'm. Uh, I, su- I suppose you know. I, I think everything's an addiction. Uh, you know, I like life too. You know, I'm addicted to it. Mm. During this time, uh, it's the late sixties. Were there drugs involved in your regime? Well, this I am drugs. I'm just like walking drugs. I'm a <laughs> you know sixty trillion. I think it's a hundred trillion living cells, and they're all just made of chemicals. Yeah. So you're, and that's me. There you go. Your body is a pharmaceutical. Well, it's lab. pretty much that. So yeah, was there? Dr- yeah, there was drugs everywhere. 
And, and was, it still is. It's like, uh, what kind of, I don't know. And was that a I big... I mean, I think they were, I think those Egyptians were doing it long back, you know, when the pharaohs and all. Yes, as soon as there yeah, was... And I think, you know, the, the, the Romans were just like a bunch of drug addicts. I'm sure we'll find in, you know, somewhere in Africa, a bong made of, you know... There you go. Stone or something. <laughs> now, I don't know how people got to that, you know, like, well, let's snort this here, uh, let's snort this uh, leaf or... I mean, uh, I guess it was chewing it, I suppose, that's how I got there, but... There were early adapters, and some died, and the ones who didn't... That's it. Yeah. There you go. They, <laughs> now, this is how you do it. Okay. Yeah, follow <laughs> Everybody the guy. follow suit. Follow the guy who didn't die. Yeah, but what was it that Deprival stuff that uh, that, uh, that Michael Jackson does? Uh, uh, I heard that was good. But that was was that that couldn't have been a surprise to you when Michael Jackson died. I mean, no, I, I you know I was glad he died. He looked like a woman. <laughs> Uh, so, w- were drugs a uh, a big part of your life, or not really? Just, just. Oh, uh, uh, you know, well, I suppose. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I well, I'm, I mean, I'm a diabetic now. I I take insulin. Uh, it's the magic elixir keeps me alive. Ah, how long have you been diabetic? Oh, for quite a while. Yeah, that's that's no fun. Yeah, and you have to inject that. It's, uh, yeah, I, I inject. Ooh, that's no fun at all. Uh, so you, you made this first record, and it's... Yeah, I don't like needles. N- me neither. I, yeah. I'm like my daughter. <laughs> I, I cry. Yeah, uh, me too. So you made this first record, and it, it's a record with a lot of staying power. It's been reissued uh, in many ways all over the world a million times. It's one of those records that musicians like. It's also a record that did pretty well at the time, and that was reviewed well at the time, and is always mentioned in lists of, you know, best records of the 70s best best records of all time uh it's a really interesting record it was it something that you said i'm going to make a record that sounds a certain way or it just came out organically i did the best i could yeah I, you know, that was the plan do the that best was the, that's always the plan you got a better one <laughs> well some people no i don't but some people's plan is try oh, to make yeah. money or try to copy something I, I i wish i tried to make money like i said i would have invested in gold mm. so uh you put out this record it's either a, that or, or become a counterfeiter and get myself a good printing machine <laughs> Let me know how that works out. Yeah, right. Uh, you make it th- the next record, Mirror, 1971, and it's pretty much the same thing. You're in your uh, parents' shack there, recording and recording, and right around that time, uh, A&M decides, we, hey, this guy's doing all right. Uh, we'll release what we've got, which is that American Dream record, right? Right. And then you make in 73, Farewell to Paradise, uh, your last solo record, and then the lawsuits hit the fan, Right. Well, that was I was kind of to get rid of the lawsuit, but um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was uh, the, six months after I made uh, after I had signed my deal with ABC. Uh, I was uh, the contract was suspended, and uh, or I was in suspension or something, whatever you know, and uh, and then they started uh, suing me. Why do you think they didn't just say, okay, we can wait nine months or let's compromise? I mean, why? That seems like that must well, because happen. They to make me feel bad. Is that true? I mean, <laughs> how do I know? Well, it you were... mean, you know, it, it, none of it made any sense to me. Yeah, it, it was like, uh, okay, I, I make a, I make a record in six months, and well, where, when do I go and perform? When do I, you know, celebrate my birthday and Christmas and the holiday? You know, when do I take a vacation? Yeah. Uh, when, it, none of it made any sense. But you, you don't have any... I looked at Eddie, and I said, Eddie, I shouldn't sign this. And Eddie said, sign it. 
we'll worry about it later because Eddie was getting paid off. Uh, and, but you don't have an inkling why they w- didn't want to work with you later down the well, road? Because, uh, God, what was it? It was Jay Lasker was uh, not the easiest person in the world to get along with. Mm. Do you think there and was. kind of like, uh, you know, if you didn't do what he wanted, he didn't like you anymore. Ah. Uh, so, so you. G- and Jay Lasker was the guy running ABC Dunhill? He was at the time, yeah. Yeah. So you got. I don't him. know if there's a lot of people that have a lot of nice things to say about him other than maybe his daughter. Mm. So you got on his bad side and, and he was sort of trying to punish you? Well, I, you know, I, it's the real life. Real life is weird. You know, people are strange. I, uh, I know they, 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 well, they uh, just lost interest, I suppose. You know, I, I have, you punish me. I, it was punishment, <laughs> but if that was their consideration or not, I'm not so certain. I think it's just because I signed a bad. It was a bad deal, and I I fell apart during it. Hmm. Uh, I wore out. I just wore out. So 1973, you're 23 years old, and it's over. You're and I'm washed worn up. out. <laughs> <laughs> I spend every day writing songs, every day making. It's, yeah, you know what I'm saying. All right. Yeah, I guess that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, after a while, you want to go have fun. Uh, tell me for a minute about uh, Kurt Betcher worked on Farewell to Paradise. Uh, his name's on a lot of great records. Uh, what was well, your... he's gay, wasn't he? I don't know. I, 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 think I never was. slept with him. Yeah, I think he was. Uh, yeah. I, you know, for me, I just, you know, kind of, I just shine it on and look the other way. But but, but uh, I mean, tell me about your working with him. I mean, were you in the room with him? Or, or did he... No, Kurt was a friend of Keith's. And, uh, so he took and, the tapes. I mean, we, we just got together and smoked a lot of dope. I see. And he took the tapes, mixed them, and were you happy with them? No, it wasn't him at all. It was actually Keith Olsen. Oh, Keith really? Olsen is brilliant. I learned a lot about engineering from Keith. Interesting. So Kurt's contributions really aren't... It wasn't very much. Well, he brought the drugs. Oh, well, that's important. Uh, <laughs> someone's got to bring the drugs. Game's time to do. You get a mixing credit for that, I guess. <laughs> so Dunhill sues you, and it's all a giant, uh, you know, it's just awful. And you sort of just retreat into yourself, I guess. Uh, was it an active lawsuit? I mean, did you have to appear in court? Or, uh, was it something that got drawn out? No, as soon out? as I gave them no record, it was, you know, that was it. It was done. That was it. And did you think, I'll wait a couple of years, I'll this will just, I'll bounce back? Or did you, what were you thinking in your head? Oh, I was, uh, by that time, you know, I'm just totally insane now and uh, don't know what the hell to do. Mm. It's like I had worked real hard and done my best and uh, and been punished. Yeah. So uh, what do we? What do you do after that? So just um, I, I didn't really feel good about writing anymore. I kind of like I didn't want Eddie to have anything to do with what I, what I had uh, my songs and and I had signed an agreement with him for life for perpetuity. And I pretty much, Eddie considered me his property. So Eddie Shaw, this is Russell's dad. The mail this room, is Russell's dad. The mailroom guy's dad. Yeah, and they, they're both dead now. I had to get rid of, uh, you know, Eddie's the oldest son who was selling clothes at the time that I was making records because I was, like, given to, uh, you know, I was, like, property that was... An inheritance. <laughs> so you signed, and he was like taking my money. And there you go. So they were just all taking my money. So are are songs that you write today still published by the Shaws? No, now they're mine. I own them. 
you got out Except of for, for Eddie sold some of my publishing to uh, to Universal, and they still claim it. So even in those days, those first the, the, those three solo, those four solo records, and the Merry Go Records, do you do you still own half your publishing? Is that the way it works, or no? You 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 are nothing. Well, you know, I, I got paid whenever, uh, whenever. Well, Eddie would like put, he put me on his salary, is what he, you know, he gave me money a month, and then uh, and everything I did, he owned. Hmm. That was pretty much how it was. Wow! And so or he got to do whatever he wanted to do because he would just bring something down, put it in front of me, and say sign it, huh. and I did. Huh. So you never got to see the checks that were coming in. No, of course not. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, what did you do from you know 1973 for the next few years? What did you do every day? Uh, well, let me see. I ate, and I that's what people do. Yeah, <laughs> I showered probably. What, and, was was not playing music? Well, what did that blow your what mind? Did I do? <laughs> you know, but, but because yeah, I could have read a book in that period of time. <laughs> I watched TV. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, you're, that's very American. I mean, it, it just it occurs to me that you know you spent the past ten years writing not writing songs, songs. every day. Go. No, I'd come up with ideas and stuff, and I put them down on tape and put them and just leave them alone. I never got back to them. But well, now I'm I'm actually finishing things. Well, and, uh, there, there's legend. I'm going to make a record. The legend has it that there are boxes and boxes of these old tapes that you mm, made. It, it, no, there, there isn't. Uh, there are old songs that uh, that uh, didn't complete. Hmm. You know, some of which I've completed. You know, now they're finished songs that I haven't recorded yet. Gotcha. But for, uh, but for, there isn't a no. It's not a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, there, I have a lot of song ideas. You know that, but I I haven't completed them. It's time for me to complete stuff before I drop dead. Yeah. Uh, from nineteen seventy six to nineteen eighty, I think you worked for Electro Records. Who hired you there, and what were their expectations of you? Chuck Plotkin, and he just uh, well, I have no idea what his expectation was. It was. Uh, I, uh, I I needed employment, and uh, it was a good job. I got to uh, to hang out, and I played the engineer, and like operated a studio for them that they had out in the valley, and and then I became producer and made a record for them, and, and that was it. It's a weird time for music. The you know the late seventies into nineteen eighty. Uh, did they think you'd be able to kind of put your ear to the ground and hear something? Well, it was a weird time for music because I'll tell you, I, everything that I liked, nobody else did. It was like I still like songs. You know, <laughs> I still write songs. I, I got like a verse, chorus, a pre-chorus, and a bridge, and you know, and the, that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, it was. A, I, I remember like them sending in a punk rock and stuff, and I'm going, you know, one day people will just start talking on record. <laughs> Hey, you and sure enough, I was right. And actually, I produced probably the first uh, rap song with, uh, what's his name, uh, God, Gabe Kaplan, uh, comedy guy. Yeah. He called up your nose with a rubber hose. <laughs> That's your, one of your works right there. Wow. Well, I, I helped produce it, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to dig a copy of that. Up your nose with a rubber hose. And, he, and he, you know, basically it's a, you know, a, a track with the, that he talks over. Right, yeah. I, I don't remember that. Part. With a chorus, you know, he gets to the chorus and it's up your nose <laughs> with a rubber hose. Uh, so you still got the studio in your house or in the shed? Behind it's you? a garage. I got a garage. And did all that 
time were you uh, renting out the studio? Were you doing no, sessions? No, no, no. I was working. I was going out to this, you know, in the, the electric studio. I, I, you know, I did rent my studio after I, my my time at Electra was over. Yeah, and that's kind of how I supported myself up until now. Now I'm like. Uh, I'm just biding time, hoping that, uh, that when I get this record done, uh, that there'll be some money in it for me so that I don't have to die. Somewhere along the line, you had uh, two wives and three kids. Is that right? Yeah, I did that. That was one of those... Th- oh, yeah, that was one of those things I was doing while I wasn't writing songs. <laughs> well, that's, there you go. It wasn't just all TV. You're- yeah, I was getting married and uh, doing that stuff and having kids and trying to be a dad. And- I mean, how'd that go with your mind? Well, I was whore. I guess I was whored at it because they hate me now, but I think it was really their mothers that you know, took them away and, and just kept them. And, uh, you know, and uh, was it... Uh, uh, Absence makes the heart grow fonder. I, I'm, I'm, that's not true. That's really your kids don't not. No, no. Well, I, you know, I, my father was a tyrant. He used to beat me. Mm. You know, so I, I, you know, and he, I mean, he ran the house as if he were were God. So you know, my, my you know, you don't come into this world with a book on how to be a a good parent. I, and I, you know, not that I didn't try, and not that I'm not better than my father because I don't beat my kids, but. Nonetheless, uh, I, I, you know, it's uh, divorce sucks. Yeah, it really does, and especially when you have children. You know, if you don't have children, who cares? But when you have children, and then uh, I, you know, God, your wife, my wife, took off and hid my my children from me, my first wife, and. Uh, and uh, then when I r- realized I could find them, you know, I, I'm just like, you know, was, what do I do then? Uh, they don't like me, and uh, they don't, they haven't called me. They don't, they don't want to be with me. How old what are they? What do I do? I'm not real. I'm not good with rejection. How old are they now? Oh, they're grown people. Hmm. Yeah, they're all. I'm like really old, you know, with the gray beard and gray yeah. hair. Well, it's one thing. It's interesting to talk to you. Your voice is so deep, and your singing voice is is so high. Is oh, it? not anymore. Not no, anymore. no. Now I'm like Barry White. Oh, it's just <laughs> everything is. It's all really low. Yeah. So did oh, you? My voice is deep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you, if you say get so. into radio. Uh, let me let me remind everybody. Well, let's do it. Is it a good job? Does it pay? No. <laughs> In that case, who wants to do it? Yeah. You do. Well, I'm like you, Emmett. I love music. So. There you go. Yeah. It's like, it's a, yeah, is it an addiction? Yeah, probably. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I want to remind folks we're speaking to Emmett Rhodes and MySpace.com slash the Emmett Rhodes Band or www.emmettrhodesmusic.net is the place to find lots of information about Emmett. There's a new documentary someone's making about you called uh, The One Man Beatles. Yeah, uh, that's kind of you. You. Uh, it seems like you're uh, an unlikely movie star. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but you're right. Is it finished? Have you seen it? Yeah, I have. And what is the? It's in Italian. Oh, it's in it. It's, it's yeah. Everything I say is in English because I don't know Italian. <laughs> oh, so the narration is. But in I Italian? do change my entire accent. Everything goes up at the end. <laughs> 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 You're like Chico Marx. There you go. Okay. Uh, well, I, are we going to get to see that soon? In I have no idea. Did you get money for that? Uh, well, I got to pay my credit card off. Well, that's something. Yeah. 
Uh, so, but it's charging right back up again. <laughs> what do you spend money on? What's on your credit well, card? Well, let me see. Food, <laughs> the lights, <laughs> the gas. So the past 20 years or so, I mean, how big of a struggle has it been for you to just... It's a horrid struggle. You know, I, I, uh, you know now I'm living on uh, borrowed time, so it doesn't matter much now. Because I got one of those phony baloney loans at the end of the year. They throw you in the street. <laughs> because of your diabetes, because of... Well, yeah, I'll tell you, ah, depression, diabetes, all of the above. I, uh, I'll wake up in the morning with, like, a low number, and I, and I can just kind of, like, sit there for... For hours, and, and wonder if I should cross the room or not. Huh. It's a weird thing being diabetic. It's like you're a zombie. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about this new uh, this new yeah, project. Yeah, let's not talk about diabetes because I wind up on the floor, paralyzed, can't swallow, so I have to, you know. I, that sounds urinate like all over myself. It's a hard thing. It sounds like I fun. keep like cookies at the foot of the bed, just to keep your blood sugar up. Well, in case I wind up well, <laughs> wind up on the floor in the morning, I got to, as soon as I can articulate my uh, my arms and and grab the cookies, I can eat something and come back alive again. Emmett, is it because you uh, don't medicate yourself properly, or? Well, yeah, it's kind of a yeah, uh, yeah. If you don't, you know, if you if you take your shot and then you don't eat, you pass out. Huh. Sometimes. Uh, you know, I sometimes I'm not hungry. Maybe you need to write on your hand with a sharpie, eat a cookie. Or something. Well, there you go. Now I, no matter where I go, I carry sugar with me. Yeah. Uh, so, what? Why now? I mean, how did you finally decide? You know, because I remember reading ten years ago, you were in the middle of making a record, and it was going to be done any day now. And uh, oh, oh, well, the, you know. So, so how do I know it's it's for real this time? Oh well, because I'm actually recording things. So and I'm finalizing stuff. And how how far along are you in the process? Well, I've got th- three tunes uh, recorded. Oh, great! Yeah, that's how far along I am. That's pretty good. And how do they sound? I mean, are we gonna? Is it just well? Right now, there's just basically me and the piano, and we're doing drums. We're working with Joe and uh, and Matt Malley from uh, Plan Days. You're talking about Joe Larson, uh, who was in the Merry-Go-Round, right? And uh, the bass player. Matt Malley is the bass player of. Counting Crows. Counting Crows. And a couple of guitar players, Dan and uh, Jim. Right. And uh, is the idea, I'm going to make a record and then uh, go I just up. didn't want to be alone. Yeah, it's a different style for you than doing everything. Okay, I, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm going to do some of, I, I'm going to sit down and play the drum. I'm going to do some where I play everything. Oh, and then I'm going to like, uh, you. I'm going to, you know, use other people and. Well, it's and, ha- it's, uh, hopefully have fun doing this. That's the whole idea. It sounds like and come up with something that people like to listen to. It sounds like we're not going to be surprised, and it's going to be synthesizers and you know Lindrums. It's going to mm-hmm. sound like Emmett Rhodes. It, you know, everything's real, you know digital nowadays. But uh, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's I'm a, I I know the diminished chord. Do you <laughs> play an instrument? Yeah, I can play a little of. Little of I got a drum set in my basement. I'm mostly a guitar go. player. Yeah, there you go. You're a, a pardon bass player. Mostly a guitar player. Guitar player. Yeah. Mostly guitar. Okay. Well, then you, you know diminished chords. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I played diminished chords in a much different. I play the guitar much differently than anybody else. I've like I don't tune it differently. I mean, I tune it normal, and then I kind of play uh, like you know not 
complete bar chords, but I, and then I know there are all the diminished chords in between every chord, and I, I mean, I pretty much uh, got that uh, Pythagorean down. Do you have a guitar handy? Can you illustrate this for us? Well, um, yeah, but I don't know if you're going to be able to hear it. Yeah, try me. Anyway, the diminished chords. Uh, here, I'm going to show you uh, how I play the diminished chords. Hang on a second. Can you hear me? Yeah, it sounds great. Did you great. hear the guitar? It sounds perfect. Oh, well, I don't know about perfect, but... Uh, diminished chord. Another diminished chord. Anyway, I'm playing diminished chords like at the lower on the lower string. Interesting. So we've just and it's like a, it's a real interesting chord. And then I kind of yeah, I'm out of tune now. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's got a lot of diminished chords in it. In fact, uh, these songs they have a lot of chords in them. I made sure that I got just about every chord you can think of all in the same song. It seems like you just unlocked what the, the secret ingredient perhaps is. Yeah, I got the secret ingredient. I'm going to write it all down for people because I figure I got a lot to show them to talk to them about. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it's about, it's going to be, it's a page long. And so tell me about when you're writing a song, do you pick up the guitar? Do you, do you go to the piano? Which is it? Well, it's whichever uh, whichever I'm playing. And so you just start strumming and then making a melody and making up words on top of that? Or? Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that when this record's finished, you'll go on the road and play well, shows? Well, that would be the idea. i got to make some money. I think, I, otherwise, like I say, i I got no other alternative. I have to die. I certainly think that's where the money will be. Uh, more, you know, record sales will be secondary. No, I'm not really, I'm like old, and I don't travel well, mm. so I'm going to have to... Uh, don't you think that if you played uh, a mixture of your new songs and a few old songs that you could... That's the idea, You yeah. could fill a few rooms uh, across the country and uh, well, around was, the world? I was hoping. I was hoping that... that, that that would be something I could do, but I, I'm really, I'm really counting. Like, I, I, yeah, I can't. You know, the the stuff that I, the three songs I've recorded are all piano things, and uh, so I don't have a piano handy, or I play that for you. But, uh, but uh, they're good. They're really good. They're like. Uh, I think they're they're really good. Yeah, I can't. I'm like showing off, you know. <laughs> You're excited. Well, it's nice to hear you excited about something. Well, I, you know, I wouldn't complete them if I if I weren't. Hmm. That's kind of and, and but it's I'm old and it's time for me to make a record. I I have all these things that I haven't completed. It's time for me to start completing. Yeah, well, I hope. I mean, hurry up is the only uh, advice from your. Well, you know, that's not a, that's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> but to hang up on me and go. Uh, no. no, I'm not going to hang up on you, but, go <laughs> but over I know what the, you mean. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I got to do it before my phony baloney loan comes due. <laughs> there you go. When is the uh, when? What's the realistic date that we'll get to hear it? Oh, I'm thinking, hey, well, at the rate that I'm doing, you know, i got to get my studio working so I can start recording out here, because I record on the weekends with friends out in Simi Valley. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking, uh, well, this time next year. <laughs> All right. Uh, Maybe sooner, probably not. Uh, so, 
I mean, it's been a, a long road uh, for you, and uh, the way that you've dealt with it is kind of mind-boggling. It's, uh, I, I'm I, a depressed person, just in general. I, I you know, I'm not. Uh, I don't know how what you're getting to, but I'll tell you right off the bat that uh, I, I'm so disappointed. Disappointed in the world, or yeah, disappointed in the world and myself and and the rest of the world. Just disappointed, you know. I, so you I went- like cosmology. <laughs> you know, I know what E equals MC squared means. Do you? Uh, no. See, there you go. Now, see, I think that's important. I think E equals MC squared is important. And it's like, it's like something that everybody should know what it means. Do you know why the sun shines? Uh, it's a giant ball of burning gas. Uh, let's pick a song uh, from your first record to uh, to play. Uh, what's your favorite song off there? How about that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> you want to give me a list? <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, um, you know, I, I don't. I, I you know, I, I'm think I'm like so much in the present time that uh, I, I don't really think back that. You know, I, mean, I listen to that stuff. It's kind of foreign to me now. Really, but so many people are so attached to that music. Are well, they? If they're gonna like. Then they're gonna like what. Hopefully, they'll like what I'm doing now better. Through all of this, I mean, is is this a, a life filled with regrets, or did you do the best you could? And and is well, I have some regrets, but you you know you wind up doing the, well. I do, I do the best I can, and even when I'm fucking up, I'm still trying to do the best I can. Yeah, or at least I'm doing the the, the best I know. You know, and then you get old and you figure out better. Right. I'm a much smarter person now than I was when I was a 20-year-old. I think football's gay. Well, I think wrestling's <laughs> definitely gay. I mean, you get two guys together, and they're, like, grabbing them, you know, each other where they shouldn't be grabbing. It's Yeah, and the... Yeah, but you, you, this, like, I don't even like, you know, I, admit, I don't know. You, 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 do, you, do you wear earrings? No. Okay, good. Well, I was about to say something about men wearing earrings. I was like wondering, what does a man think when he wakes up in the morning and he's putting his earring on? Well, you, this is the the twentieth gay uh, reference uh, in this interview. Well, I've, I, is you there know, a I was gay? Watching this guy on, are you, uh, and, are on you a, TV. I was watching the news this morning, and there was this guy, and he's like made a lot of noise because he got to kiss some, you know, his piano player or something in the middle of his show. And it isn't as the, the music's important; the fact that he's gay is important. Hmm. Uh, but you're not anti-gay, are you? Well, uh, um, not really. Not uh, I'm uh, I'm anti-pedophile. <laughs> I think Michael Jackson would be alive today if he were in jail where he belonged. <laughs> he Don't you know? He wouldn't be on drugs and he would eat regularly. Yeah, you're damn right. Yeah, I mean, but being a pedophile is 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 not. It's not like being, uh, it's not, well, this was a gay pedophile, okay? <laughs> There's been a few gay pedophiles in my, you know, in my life experience, so uh, what can I tell you? No, it's not, I, 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 mean, it, it, I just, I, I don't want to be there. I'm glad I'm not there. Are you, trying to, I, you know, I yeah. like being me. I, I, Michael Jackson wanted to be dead. He didn't want to be alive. He didn't want to be awake anymore. He wanted to be asleep. Emmett, are you trying to say, though, that experience with gay pedophiles is, uh, personal experience, is something that has colored your life? 
Well, let me see. Uh, I they're not. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that, you know, I feel bad about the fact that when I was in the palace guard, the other 14-year-old was being molested, and I didn't say anything. Hmm. I feel bad about that, because his life wasn't didn't work out so good, hmm. you know? Yeah. Me, uh, you know, I just, like, looked the other way, and I guess everybody else did, too. And I'm wondering, you know, I was a little boy. I was only 14. What was his brothers thinking? Jesus. Welcome to showbiz. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's what I, I, you know, who are these people? I, I, when I think back, I just wonder, well, who are these people, you know? Maybe you should have just been a scientist. Well, that's it. <laughs> Those things are so much, you know, physics. <laughs> it's so much easier to deal with. <laughs> E equals MC squared. There's not, you know. <laughs> uh, what do you like? What is good? What makes you happy? What What's purely good? Anything? Well, I like order. I like, uh, I, I, you know, I'm Pythagorean. <laughs> I like music. What's good? Uh, yeah, I like, I, um, well, living things are better than dead things. That would be my uh, first axiom. And then I'd go from there. Okay. Uh, on that note, I guess we'll play something from your first album, Emmett Rhodes. Oh, you, you, okay. I'm sorry. No. What? You, you, you know, I like talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could be t you could be interviewing me, and I could be saying something about music, uh, and I'm kind of like going off on tangents here. I apologize. Well, I want to interview you. You know. Then that's, well, I'm like a weird. That's dude. what I got. <laughs> I'm a weird dude. Well, I love I your. I think the speed of light's important. I mean, I mean uh, is any of this going to help you write a good pop you? song? Is is this going to help you write a good pop song? You're goddamn right it does. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you something. I, I, you know, it's uh, hey, I like order. <laughs> I like the fun. I, I want to know how things are constructed, how they're put together. Uh, that's important. Uh, yeah, that helps me. When I read my physics book, and when I hit my guitar string, uh, it was a revelation. Huh. I, I mean, here's my guitar string. I was pulling the, the, the molecular bonds before I let it go. You know, I mean, the whole experience was, yeah, it was important. I got a question for you. Did you ever, when you were a kid, did you take apart old radios? I took apart everything. That's funny. That is like, one of the, I think that is like a, a, a tag. That trait of taking apart old radios is something super geniuses do. Oh, okay. Well, it was everything that had anything to do. You know, what the, I, see, I know what a capacitor does. Yeah, but I know what a resistor does. I know what a transistor is and a diode and a rectifier and all that. It's certainly possible to make good music without knowing any of that. Well, you know, uh, no. <laughs> Beethoven, yeah, sure did, Beethoven sure didn't know that. Mozart did it. Yeah, but he did, but he knew Pythagorean theorem, boy, <laughs> and he knew music theory. And it's like people are making music these days that has nothing to do with that. It's just it's um, it's just being popular. You know, it's a different the black animal, eyed yeah. teas. You know, I don't know any of the black. It's only the girl that I pay any attention to. I don't know the <laughs> other. There's three of them. I know that. You know, but I could care less who they are, and I don't even know if I know any of their material or not. You know, I just like looking. I just want to impregnate that girl, whatever her name is. <laughs> well, I'll try to arrange it if I can. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There. But I mean, there you can. It's like, what is uh, what's music to most people? It isn't what it is to me. Music is like a to 
most people, it's just entertainment. Yeah, but that sounds like a surprise to you. I mean, isn't your experience of the world prepared you for the fact that what you think is not what most people are going to think about every single subject? Yeah, it sure has. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's like the people I, I, you know, I'm like a fan, but, you know, Leo Lazard, Enrico Fermi, Albert Einstein. All right, Emmett Rhodes. Uh, this has been a fantastic interview, and uh, all right, thanks, Emmett. All righty, but Down in the face of